0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Wick nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
1: This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No. No credit checks to apply. Get started at chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.
2: Welcome to the Sixer Cents podcast hosted by Site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey guys, welcome back. It's
0: Lucas and I got Chris here and Uriah, our producer here. What's going on, guys?
1: It's going well, not much. How are you guys?
2: Happy holidays, gentlemen. We're getting closer to Christmas and we're getting closer to the first game of the season.
0: Yeah, guys, going good. Just sent out all my Christmas cards to everybody today. You two are getting some. Um, Yeah, no, holidays about to come up. No Sixers game on Christmas, sadly, but you know what? That's okay. We still got plenty of the talk about preseasons over, rosters cut down to bare minimum. And of course, we got the James Harden saga. Me and Chris are at epic uh, standstills here. I am anti Benford Harden, he is pro, but that's not what we're going to get into first. Chris, go ahead, take it away.
1: Yeah. So before we fight about that, we're going to talk about the Sixers' two preseason <laughs> games. Um, they beat the Boston Celtics on the 15th and then went on to beat the Indiana Pacers on the 18th. Um, Lucas, we'll just jump right in with the starters. Which starters stood out to you most in those two games, and, and why did they stand out?
0: So the starter that stood out to most to me is not what they did, or is what they didn't do, and that's Seth Curry. Now, granted, it's preseason, no need to alarm, but you know there's obviously some rust there with Seth, probably getting into used to his new role with the Sixers, doing a lot more ball handling than what he was used to, and. Win Dallas. Um, shooting wasn't great, but, you know, I'm I'm not too concerned about it in the grand scheme of things, but that was the main thing that I noticed. Um, Joel didn't play the second game, but I, I think we saw a really good combination of Joel and Ben in that first game. Granted, against it's against the Celtics, which there's an axe to grind there, so they usually play up to their, ta- their competition when they play against the Celtics, but overall, I, I guess, like I said, Seth not shooting wasn't great, but you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what the regular season holds.
1: Like you said, nothing spectacular really happened. There weren't too many notable takeaways um, from the starting group. Like, Ben was Ben. Joe was Joe. Tobias was Tobias. Like, if anyone stood out for a bad reason beyond Steph, it was probably Tobias, just because he... He did the same things that that he did last year that kind of irritated fans. Uh, A lot of slow decision-making, passing up open threes to dribble into traffic and and do who knows what. But at the end of the day, you know, that's just who Harris is. I don't think Doc Rivers is going to magically fix that like some people hoped he would. But like with Seth, it's just like they don't have their offense down entirely yet. This is a new system, a lot of new guys. They've only had like a week of training camp together. It's it's just a lot happening at a really fast rate, and it's going to take them some time to uh, settle into a rhythm. So I'm not really worried about Seth, like you said. I, I just I don't think it's a big concern, and mm-hmm. like offensively, I think they're going to be fine, and, and defensively, I think they're going to be fine. So uh, it's really not a big deal for me.
0: I uh, uh, two two note too. Doc Rivers did uh, was released today, and I forgot who. I think it was either Noah or Derek, uh, Noah Levick of NBCS. Philly or Derek Bodner of the Athletic. Either, I believe one of them tweeted out today that Doc Rivers has admitted that the half court offense is still a work in progress. Transition offense, uh, you know, second chance offense is great, but the transit, you know, half court offense is not where it needs to be yet.
1: Yeah. So, I so, mean,
0: that might be part of the reason why Seth yeah. and Tobias have struggled so far.
1: Yeah. So they're where they've been for the best three years. So it's okay. They'll, yeah. We'll be okay. <sighs> Lucas, how about, how about the bench players? Which bench players stood out the most for you?
0: Man, I got two. And I think you already know who it's going to be. Actually, there's three. But I'm just going to... Yeah, no, no. Well, actually, in, in a negative way. But, you know, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Um, but I guess the um, if I have to choose one, I'm going to have to go with the rookie, the 21st overall pick, Tyrese Maxey. I had a feeling. I, I you know, I, I watched his highlights from Kentucky, and he just had that attack mentality, and that was something the Sixers desperately need. And not to say that Shake Milton doesn't attack, but Maxi has that is a much quicker first step than than Shake does. Granted, Shake's a much better shooter, but Maxi's obviously a lead ball handler. He can develop in whatever areas he is deficient in. That right now he can. Quickly develop that over time, you know, slightly turnover prone, but nothing that you wouldn't expect from a rookie. Defensively, he's solid. You know, he's 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 not going to get destroyed in screens. Offensively, the the his ability to you know finish around the rim with his floaters, attack uh, off the dribble, mid range shot is there. We'll have to wait and see on the outside shot, but you know, he's. He's going to push for, if he's not going to be in the rotation to begin the season, he's going to get minutes very quickly just be just because the Sixers need that guy that can create off the dribble. And while Shea can do it, Max, he's just, he can attack the rim in so many different ways. And maybe he's what we hoped that Markell could be because he does have a lot more of that quick first step that Markell had. And I'm referring to Markell Fultz for fans that... I don't know, Um, but you should know because, you know,
2: bad spot in our history there, guys. But um, Lucas, can I just jump in real quick? I just want to, since you guys are talking Maxi. so here Mm -hmm. is a list of Kentucky guards that have done some pretty good stuff in the NBA. Uh, Mm -hmm. Shy Gilders, Alexander, Jamal Murray, Mm De'Aaron Fox, Ray John Rondo, Mm -hmm. Tyler Hero, Devin Mm -hmm. Booker, and Mm -hmm. John Wall. So, if, if Maxi can fall in line and be anywhere near as productive as those guys, the Sixers really lucked out.
0: They did. And you know what? You bring up a good point because most of those guys were like end of lottery picks or post lottery picks. Um, so, and the fact is that we all acknowledge that Maxi fell in the draft when he probably shouldn't have, but he did. With that in mind, like he's just going to be. I, I think he's going to end up being one of those steals, steal Kentucky, like those Kentucky guards that are stealing. Doc Rivers even spoke to it, of how he loves how the Kentucky guards are NBA ready, especially on the defensive end. I'm excited about that. And Doc Rivers has worked with the Kentucky guard recently. As you mentioned, Shaquille just Alexander, he was a clipper his first season. So we're going to see some growth. I think, and I was being Chris, we're talking about this before we came on the air here is that in an ideal world, I preferably would like to keep Shake on the bench just because he's not as explosive as a scorer and more athletic starters could take advantage of his, you know, could shut him down offensively. Tyrese doesn't have that problem. The problem is his, his questionable outside shot and decision-making as a rookie. But if, he, if we can get past that either this season or next season, I think he should be starting in the long, in the long haul of things that's who i who impressed me the most chris who do you have besides you know matisse theibel
1: yeah like like just to speak on maxi i i I do think it's important to maybe temper expectations a little bit just because he is a rookie and as we all know the timeline has been so accelerated between like the draft and the off season and the regular season like i I don't think maxi is going to be very prominent in the rotation early on and It's very possible that he goes through some, you know, just the ups and downs that most rookies do, most rookie guards do especially. Like, I I, I don't think he's going to be like all that right away. But I I do think it was very promising what we saw out of him. I I do agree that he probably should have gone higher than he did in the draft and that he has the chance to be a pretty special piece for this team. And like you said, he just fills a skill set. Skill set in a niche that no one else on the team really fills, so I I do think he should be part of the rotation, but we'll see how that that shakes out. And speaking of shake, I guess Shake's probably my next my guy if we have to pick someone who uh, stood out. He led the team in scoring in both games, looked just as well, maybe better than he did for most of last season. Hitting all sorts of tough shots, step backs, pull up threes, spot up jumpers, all sorts of stuff. Just looked really good, really confident. Doc Rivers has talked time and time again this preseason about giving Shake that confidence and that freedom to kind of control the second unit, and I think he stepped up and he, he delivered on all the hype that, that Doc was setting up. So I, I think if someone is going to be a big part of that rotation and someone that Doc relies on quite a bit, it's going to be Shake. I think that, you know, he's really trending towards a big year, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how that progresses.
0: Yeah, and just before we move on, I want to shout out to um, two other bench guys that perform pretty well, too. Dwight Howard, and I think, even though he's not a better player than Al Horford, I think at this point in his career, I think it's fair to say that he's probably the best backup to Joel Embiid that we've had. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, on, he played well. Korkmaz played well. And, I mean defensively is still going to be an issue, but offensively pretty consistent. I would say this preseason.
1: I, I mean, I think Dwight, first of all, as a leader and a mentor has been really, uh-huh. really impressive and revelatory and something very important. Um, uh-huh. seems like he's really bringing guys together in the locker room. Uh-huh. And we know that's something that the Sixers really needed after last season. And like on the court with regards to him and Al, like, he protects the rim at a much higher rate, and I think just holding down the fort defensively behind Joel has been the biggest problem, and I think Dwight is better in that capacity than Horford is at this point. Uh-huh. Horford doesn't really protect the rim. He couldn't keep guys in front of him last year, so his versatility uh, kind of went out the window. And like offensively, you don't need someone to do all the things that Horford can do. He wasn't able to do those things in Philly's offense, so it was kind uh-huh. of moot. Like, Dwight's just a rim runner and a vertical lob threat that Philly really hasn't had since, like, Noel and Holmes. Mm-hmm. And he's probably better than they were at those points in their careers. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely and, think Dwight's to be, do big things.
0: And him and Shake have a fun little connection that, that is going to be fun to watch in the second unit this year for sure. And I'm sure we're going to talk about how, at some point on this podcast this season, how how Horford's looking so great and and Oklahoma City. Do you, do you, I don't know if, if our fans have seen this on Twitter, but Chris, you've seen it on Twitter, how everybody's overreacting to Al Horford actually looking good and, and OKC, which shouldn't be a surprise because he's still a good starting center in the league. It's just that the Sixers played him out of position. Like, let's let's not overreact to that.
1: Yeah, like Al can be a good starting center in its definitely not like an indictment on him or Philly that it didn't work out it's an indictment on the front office that it's not like Mm -hmm. his fault that last year's team didn't work Mm -hmm. or last year's team's fault that he didn't play well it was just a bad fit Mm -hmm. and and like on Twitter to the team the site account like Anna Horford commented Mm -hmm. on one of our posts and it was like it's almost as if you use someone correctly they'll do well and it's like yeah that's pretty much it like, yeah, I mean, she's not. If wrong. you have a team that can take advantage of Al's skill set, he's going to do a lot more for you.
2: Anna Horford, she commented on the Sixers' website.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, well, I, I the, we the Twitter page. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, the she Oh, herself. the
2: Twitter. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. I had to check that out. Yeah.
1: It is what it is. He's going to do better in OKC, and they're going to lose a lot of games. We'll see what they're probably going to be able summer
0: flip him. Yeah, they're probably going to be able to flip him next summer for pretty good. You know, yeah, well, that, I don't know. It,
1: I bigger. don't know about that. He's well, they're going to do better.
0: I mean, it's not going to be Chris Paul, but they're going to be able to flip him for positive value. Pretty, I
1: I wouldn't bet nah. on that, but we'll see. You you find He's a just... desperate
0: enough team, <clears throat> Hornets, <Yeah. clears throat> you know, well, it could happen.
2: I tell you what, it, yeah. if you're talking about a fan base that deserves to be really, really irate right now, it's OKC. They went from having Durant, Westbrook, and Harden to – Al Horford and a bunch of randos. So. I would <laughs> disagree with that. I really? think
1: he's kicking butt right now. I, uh, to be fair, I mean, KD how, forced his way out. You can't yeah, really Harden, control that. Mm-hmm. They Harden, Harden pretty, pretty much forced his way out. For Westbrook. Yeah, the Harden trade was crappy, but like, and now they have like a treasure trove of first round picks, a really solid building block, and Shea Gilchrist Alexander. Oh, like, they
0: turned. Sergi Bakken to a lot of different
2: players too. Don't forget yeah.
1: about that. Like I think they're sitting pretty Chris, well for if a you team were, that's if, rebuilding.
2: If you were if you were a fan of Oklahoma City and you were sitting in the stands of the NBA Finals when they played LeBron in, in Miami, I think you have the right to be pretty disappointed. Yeah, mean, yeah, you get a bunch of picks, but we don't know if the, they don't know if that's going to work. Disappointed
1: in like Kevin Durant maybe, but like as far as w- what they could do, it's like like. As far as what they can control themselves, they've done a pretty good job. They had
0: to break up that core of Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. The the ball, there was not enough ball for all three of them, and Westbrook and Harden and Houston proved that this past season. So, I mean, there wasn't even enough ball for those two guys.
2: It worked in Golden State.
0: That's different.
1: (laughs) Kevin Durant is
0: one of the most low-usage, efficient scorers in NBA history. That's not the same.
1: I mean, yeah, Steph is such a unique player where he like, doesn't need the ball to just murder teams. And there, there just aren't too many guys like that.
0: Yeah. So, I, I, I honestly, you think about it, you turn Sergi Baca into Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis, and then you turn those two into Paul George. And then you per, turn Paul George into Say Gilgis Alexander in five future first round picks.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, like, that's a win. They, they, I would be pretty happy if I was an OKC fan. And they have Poku, who is my guy. So,
0: oh, yes, yes, I saw him kicking. the preseason, Chris. He did not do bad. I'm and he look. he doesn't look as thin as he did in like the yes. Europe League. So, yeah, you it's know a what? Beautiful what mess. Could have been, Can't wait. What, 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 what could have been, right, Chris? What could have been in, in Philadelphia? Yeah, it's a shame.
2: Is that one of the twenty Euro players that you guys brought up in the in the mock draft? That that was Chris's
0: favorite Euro player. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Him with Atlanta, at like six, I think. <laughs> he's a like six. He's though. like what seven one, and like plays like a small forward, right? Chris, is that it?
1: Yep, he's amazing. Next, next MVP. Ten years from now. Him and Bol
0: Bol are those unique, like, really thin guys that are over seven feet that have that unique... Like, you would probably play them at small forward if they were three inches shorter, but because they're so tall, you the have Nuggets to The
1: play. Nuggets played Bol Bol at small forward in the bubble.
0: <laughs> that doesn't count. You know that doesn't count. They were, like, listen, literally had seven
2: players. Listen, guys, Bol Bol okay. in the playoff series would turn into Furkan Korkmaz. They would shut him down... So easily, it's ridiculous. Never bring up Bull, bull again.
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! Wait, no. You're right. Where is this coming from? Where is the Bull bowl hate coming from? <laughs>
1: yeah, um, did his dad feel. play
0: for us for like a it's, season?
2: Yeah, I, I remember. I went to a game and saw Manute um, Bol hit some three pointers with that weird shot. I have no, I have nothing against Bull Bull, but people were going nuts over this guy in a I don't preseason think game.
1: Seven three. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and yeah, the other thing is so when you play him against small uh, power forwards, he's not gonna, they're not going to blow by him because he's fast Bull really on. isn't slow. Bull's he's not slow. He's his actually size. pretty fast. He, yeah, he's but look how, on his,
2: look how much time play. it takes for him to ga- just to gather the ball to get into shooting
0: position. Yeah, well, and it when it he's doesn't dribbling. you
1: two feet higher than everyone else. Yeah, yeah it sure doesn't matter. Once it. he gets the ball up.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is, like, defensively, if you put a more stronger power forward on him, sure, that might work a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he's still going to be able to like he's tall enough to where strength doesn't matter. He's going to
1: block shots. Yeah. Like like he might not. They're be not going to murder. It's it's too early to tell, honestly, but I, I think Bull's fun. I, I don't I don't see. I don't think they're going to
0: miss Grant as much as they, they would have with Bull on that team. Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting off topic here.
1: Chris, yeah, it is time for our, <laughs>
0: uh, our, our James Harden. Or James Harden. James who, Harden which, or Bull
1: Bull? Who would you rather have?
0: I'd rather have Bull Bull. That's who I'd rather. Have. No, not really. I would like to have James Harden if it doesn't cost us Ben. But if it costs yeah. us Ben, no way. Okay. Throw you, me, give me Tobias mean? Harris, <laughs> Shake Milton, and, and Matisse Thibault, and like as many picks as we can throw at Houston. And yeah, let, you, you'd have
1: part. to give up Matisse and picks just to get off of Thibault's contract. Much less like get James Harden back.
0: Well, I mean Shake Milton. I mean if we really think Shake Milton's as good as
1: we yeah, know, we he's have the, him up to the sixth man on the sixth seed in the East right now. I mean, I it, don't he's think not the sixers are the sixth seed. I don't see I see them as well, like they, a third or fourth seed. They season. were last season. They haven't done anything this. I'm talking this about year this yet. upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. But like we can't jump the gun on Shake's trade value. I don't think he's gonna Well make that okay. much of a difference in a James Harden trade.
0: Maybe not in a James Harden trade, but let's not diminish his trade value. Let's look at it. He's uh, up-and-coming sixth man of the year option. Let's be real. Under Doc Rivers, you know, Doc know. Rivers loves his sixth man. I think he's going to be a sixth man of the year candidate, if not this year, next year. He's on a super cheap contract for the next three years. Like, come on, Chris. you got to acknowledge that he's, he'd yeah, be a very I, valuable I trade it. asset in most yeah.
1: But not it it's James Harden. They're not going to, like— Take Tobias because we offer shake. That's what I'm saying. It's not that shake's a bad asset. It's but we'll, we're we're getting off track again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so let, let you know. Let's be real. Do you think Chris, in the unbiased opinion, now we're getting into our analytic form here. Is there a legit chance the Sixers trade for James Harden this season?
1: Is there a legit chance? Yes. Do I? I think it happens. Do I? Do I think they they. Get over themselves and trade Ben? Probably not. Unfortunately, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that's where it's heading. Maybe it does. Things change quickly. Daryl's a pretty aggressive GM, so hopefully, I'm wrong, but I, I wouldn't count on it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If I have to put a percentage on it, I think there's a 35% chance James gets traded for Ben. This, which, yeah, Harden comes to the Sixers. More, most likely, it would have to be Ben.
1: Yeah, like uh, the Sixers aren't going to get him for anyone other than Ben. Like, if we, hmm. it's just not going to happen. Like Tobias, yeah. ain't it? You're, you're right.
0: You're right. You're right. I don't like it, but you're right. That being said, I just, I think that they're going to try one full season under Doc Rivers.
1: Yeah, well, it's just fine. When James Harden and the Heat win the championship this next season, well, it'll be okay.
0: The, well, who, the Heat are not going to give up Tyler Hero, Bam, which is what Houston would want. They'll
1: give up Tyler Hero. They, they I don't stupid. think so. They're not idiots. Well, like, well,
0: well it is Miami. Come on. Let's, you know how much they love their Heat guys.
2: And yeah, I
1: don't think they're that. Let's, I, don't, let's, I, I
2: mean, I don't think so, man. You're
1: right. Your thoughts? You think they it's, would give it's up? Pat Riley. I think they should. I think they I think get
2: it. I think, Pat, I think Pat Riley would jump on that in a heartbeat. Um, I think he would give up Hero. Because you still have Duncan Robinson, you still have Jimmy Butler, you still have Bam Adebayo. They still have a nice foundation. and They just don't have any other picks. They would have to give up Kendrick They none. don't,
1: right. Yeah, the heat culture stuff, like James is one of the guys you've been the rules for. It's pretty much that simple. Like he's they not a been the rules for LeBron. I, I understand. It's different with every player, but I, I don't think James Harden like partying on his off days is going to keep the heat from trading Tyler Hero. They're too smart for that. They're too yeah, well. We both, both agree, to agree his best his that.
0: best fit would be in Houston, uh, in uh, Milwaukee, though, right? We still both agree that
1: Milwaukee would be his best. Yeah, basketball I don't know fit. about. Yeah, I mean the Bucks would like, kick butt, but uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to go for it. I think they should. I mean, you got yeah. You they got, obviously, should but also like, does Giannis want James Harden on his team? Is like the question there, I guess.
0: Well, I mean, he doesn't have a choice now.
1: He signed the supermax. <laughs> That's true. They got him. They got him <laughs> locked up for five years.
0: But. So, so now, I, what I would do is I would trade Chris Middleton and or Drew Holiday. Yeah, Dante, it'd have
1: to be Middleton, DiVincenzo, Chinzo and whatever picks they have left, which isn't much, Picks or They'd other young players,
0: of- which is really like DJ Wilson. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's, like, between Brooklyn, Philly, and Miami. Uh, I think those are, like, Boston and Toronto could maybe get in. Like, if Toronto offers Pascal, if they really, like, are going for it, then, then maybe Toronto. But
0: but do, do you think we'll Kyle see. Lowry and James Harden won
1: you title? I mean, it's pretty possible. Toronto's a good team. I, I think yeah, we're, like, also, underestimating James here. Any team that gets James in the East is gonna have a pretty solid shot. Like James, maybe isn't quite where Kawhi was a couple years ago, but he's not that far off. So
0: yeah, right, but the man. but the but the Raptors had two legitimate defensive anchors, and now they have Aaron Baines. Who's,
1: Aaron Baines, uh, who was really good himself. Like he's yeah, but, then, Serge, but, but but the but the, the but
0: then who do you have else? Alex Lynn? Come on, Chris. Yeah, no, but it's I mean, not the it, one
1: to monster that was Marcus All and Serge Bacca. Yeah, but still, it's James Harden and Kyle Lowry. It's I I think I think it's pretty good. Did you see did you
0: see the the trade that my friend uh and this my friend you guys should check out his stuff at Rapture's Raptor his name is Mark Burtsell. He 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 had me- uh mentioned uh, he had messaged me uh on Twitter and he was he asked me what would we give up for kyle lowry and i know we're going off topic here but i think it's it's an interesting point because lowry's in the last year of his deal and i said it, i i told him i think we would give up tobias harris uh matisse Thybul, and a first round pick and two second round picks
1: yeah again like tobias is like a negative value asset and kyle lowry is a really good player on an expiring deal, like Toronto's not going to take on that salary for. My I mean, pay. Mark.
0: I mean, I, I Mark seemed interested by the deal. yeah. Mark,
1: my, well, I would suggest that he watch the Sixers for a week and then reevaluate. Fair, like fair. I, 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 like they got to watch Tobias. Man, he's just not that good. Well, hold up, Chris.
0: You know Tobias is good. He's just not worth his contract.
1: He is nowhere near good enough to justify thirty four million a year for the next Well then get be mad at Brand, not a, at Tobias. Yeah, I like of course, but at the end of the day that's what he's getting paid and that's how much cap space he's tying up. So you guys aren't okay. gonna trade for that.
0: Okay, so we're getting okay, let's get back on topic. The other James <laughs> question for this section that I gotta ask you, Chris, is this. Why do we think James Harden for Ben Simmons is such an emotional issue for our fans here? Because we, yeah. we've we seen it on both sides, you know, fans oh, getting mad about we've seen it not right. trading. Like, you, I know you and your I have posted pro-Ben for uh, Harden trades uh, this past week, and I posted a negative, you know, anti. And both of our sides have seen really bad backlash from both. Yeah. So, what is your thoughts on that, Chris?
1: Like... I understand why it's emotional. Like, we talked about this before the show a little bit. Like, people get invested, fans get invested in their guys. And Ben was, like, the seminal moment of the process. He's someone that they take years to get. We've been campaigning for his, like, defensive player of the year and all-star bids and rookie of the year bids for for his whole career. Like, six-year fans have just invested a lot of energy in, in propping up Ben and supporting him, and he's a very contentious individual. So there's just a lot of fighting to be done on his behalf. So I understand why people are so invested in him and emotional that he might possibly be getting traded. But, like, as I've been saying, at, at the end of the day, it's like James Harden, like, like just flip on a Rockets game, please. It, it's James Harden. It's, it's really not, like a question for me. I, I truly don't... I can't wrap my head around it why people are so off-put by the idea of training for James Harden. He's like I, one of the three, four best guys in the league.
2: Can I offer just a little bit of perspective? And uh, There were some posts on a lot of the Sixers fan sites on Facebook. One guy, I'm not going to say his name, this is how out there the, these Ben Simmons fans are. And, and, I, and I'm like, Chris, I do understand why... People have hesitation to get rid of a player who's so young and so gifted. So this one guy said, "We got shooters now." Dot 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 dot. He put a lot of ellipses, right? Like eight dot 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 dot. A ball hog ain't for us. Huh. And he says, "P.S. A curse will be placed upon us if Simmons is traded."
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: a curse? Okay, well, okay, voodoo. Okay, voodoo. They watched, okay that's that seems a little bit far fetched. <laughs>
1: Have they watched the Rockets? Who've okay, okay. So I I'm, I'm gonna come to your guys' defense here butt? in
0: regards to this guy, because James Harden is one of the best <laughs> passing uh shooting guards in the NBA. Um, He's
1: one of the best passing point guards. He's like one of the five best passers in basketball. He's yeah, not a ball he, hog. That's just a ridiculous like claim.
0: That that was the system that Tony ran. Harden's more than a capable passer, um, in that regard. But I, I okay, so Chris you know how we talked about this off the air mm-hmm. and I think th- and this is what I, And I found a better comparison here. So mm-hmm. the way I see it is, and I think this is how most fans see it. Would you give up, y- you know, like 2012 Steph Curry and Steph Curry had been leaked for a couple of seasons at that point, roughly about the same amount that Ben has been. Would you give up that Steph Curry for Kobe Bryant, who in 2012 was near the end of his prime, hadn't wasn't going to win another championship at that point. As great as Kobe was, you know, may he rest in peace. He was starting to get to the tail end of his career, and I know you're t- looking up the stats right now, Chris. So please double check me
1: on that. But yeah,
0: my my okay. point... 2012
1: Kobe was 34, mm-hmm. not 31. Okay. I don't know what his contract situation was, but James has two, maybe three years still on his deal. Two years. And Ben is probably better than Steph was at that point.
0: It, I believe Steph was averaging about 22 a game at that point.
1: Yeah, it, it's close. It, like, Steph took that, that really big jump and then was kind of just off to the races at that point.
0: But my, that, that's my point. But, but like, like Ben Simmons is entering his fourth season and like fourth I season think of James
1: play. is it's... better than Kobe was in 2012. Like I I think it's a pretty significant gap there. I, like James isn't like, but, getting get pussy in but his like, prime. He yeah, but like, 35 a game last year. But like he's, like, do you he's get not like I'm about saying. to pl- falling off a cliff. You know I, I, not I not get gonna... what you're saying, but like hindsight's um, Kobe obviously wasn't off on a
0: cliff yet that season either. think Kobe didn't retire until 2016
1: yeah but he averaged he got hurt the next year and obviously things went downhill after that so like hindsight but, but, is 2020 you never know what the future holds i don't think ben is going to take the kind of leap that steph did uh obviously ben has more appealing tools probably than steph did before he he was an mvp but uh-huh. it
0: but that's, uh, I think that's where most of our fans are coming from,
1: Chris. I think that's what they I they're... understand it. Like, Ben's great. I'm not trying to, like, downplay Ben's greatness. He's... At the, like, I'm writing a piece about where I rank the top 50 guys in the league. And I think I have Ben at 17. Like, I'm not trying to shortchange Ben here. Mm. He's a really good player. He's one mm-hmm. of the best defenders on the planet. He's got five years on this deal. He's 24. I, I understand how good he is, but... But how I have quickly James would Harden number three. Mm. Like It's just, he's that dude.
0: you well, got to go for have it. A hide. But, but my point is, Chris, what if he does make that
2: leap? We trade him and then, bam, he makes that
1: Okay, leap. then he... That, he the, then the that Rockets. trade looks
0: awful.
2: That look, trade Not looks but we, but we still have Harden. But we still have Harden in return. It looks
1: awful if, this, he, if Harden blows his knee out and is out of the league in two years and the Rockets won a championship. But if the Sixers win two titles, and then Ben becomes an MVP. Both sides look great, like good for Ben and good for Philly.
2: Lucas, uh, I, I think you had a really good comparison. I didn't hear that. You are talking about uh, Curry for um, Kobe back in 2012, yeah. and I, I like that. It's an, it really made me think. Here's where I would say that Harden is, is unique in that at that point, Kobe had, had multiple injuries, whether it was shoulder, Achilles, Harden is not injury prone. And Chris just had an article come out saying, don't overthink this. This is James Harden. Here's a guy that can drop 30 points any night. And he draws fouls. He shoots threes. He, A few years ago, I think pre-CP3, he averaged almost 11 assists a game. So for people who are just compartmentalizing, all of the great things about Ben, and they're so worried about him blossoming and making that jump. While you guys are talking about Curry, it's not like we're getting a slouch in return. It's not like we're getting a declining player. People on social media drive me nuts. He's a declining player. How? Prove it. Show me. Show me. Show me these declining numbers of James no, Harden. No, 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 I'm not saying that yeah. he's going to so decline right there, away. There but there you look at those this. those mile. But you're right. You look at that mileage that
0: he has on his. He's played over 800 regular season games already. Over. I can't remember the amount of minutes, but you saw my article. You you know what? It, yeah. It's yeah, staggering, yeah. and it goes but, even higher in the playoffs. Like, the guys, you know, yes. and it's stuff like that that happened to, like, I mean, we didn't think – I know this is a terrible comparison. It's probably not even a fair one, but I'm going to make it anyway. We – when we – when Brett Brown was the interim GM and he chose Amir Johnson over Rasheen Holmes, made sense, right? Rashawn Holmes – like, Amir Johnson – was still playing pretty good basketball. He w- didn't look like he was on a decline, and then but the mile, NBA mileage caught up to him, and just like that, like yeah. he was, he went from you know, I mean, granted his, and then Rashawn Holmes blossomed, and we still re- I'm, as a fan base we still hold that against Brown in the front office, like, and that's that's I think we're just afraid of that. I mean, even with Markell, we trade Markell for you know. Nothing and granted, Markel's still not a shooter, but gosh, he looks a heck of a lot better in Orlando, though he might end up it's losing. Called, it's just Anthony. I'd, I'd
1: it's much rather have Tyrese Maxey, who yeah. he got from that pick. I'd bear Markell's not gonna do any like he would not do much in Philly with how he currently plays. It's, I, I think that trade worked out pretty well for both sides, so,
0: but but so you Luke guys is, get
2: what I'm saying though. But Lucas, with with your with your point about high mileage on Harden, I get that. But look where the system he was in, it was run and gun. Dan Toney, run, run, run. He comes to the Sixers, he becomes a more efficient player because it's more of a half court game. And get probably Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Embiid's not going to get out and run. They're going to still post and beat up. And Harden, he's not going to have to run as much. So there, I mean, to me, that that slows things down for him and, and maybe that preserves his body a few more years. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm just going to say this. Doc Rivers has said that he wants for... the team to run. So that's... Yeah. that's. But that's because he has been Simmons.
0: <laughs> that's Fair why enough. they're
1: running. But, like, they're, like three things. Like, A, James is a top-five guy, and you want a top-five guy on your team if you don't win a championship. B, how else are the Sixers going to get to that point? They had their chance with Jimmy, and they blew it, and they signed Tobias to a $34 million deal, and now they have no cap space, no great assets like shake and tyrese and matisse are fine but they're not going to get you a star player they might get you george hill but like there's really no better than george Hill. (laughs) not really i mean george hill's like 37 years old who else are the sixers gonna get that's really gonna move the needle like they could try to trade for oladipo in like the last year of his deal And maybe that puts them up a few notches. But, like, the path to them getting over Brooklyn if KD is KD and getting over Milwaukee and Miami is pretty slim unless they they find a way to take that jump and James gets them there. And, like, the third part is that James just makes life so much easier on Joel. Part of Joel's durability issues have been him needing to, like, fight a bear every time he posts up to score because the Sixers haven't put enough spacing around him. Obviously, they've done a better job this year, but like getting another guy who can create his own shot and who can t- take that pressure off of Joe to be the only guy creating offense in the half court, who can get Joe a ton of easy looks with his gravity out of the pick and roll, who can just give him all those easy dump offs at the rim. Like, that's going to help Joe stay healthy too. And th- like, both of them can take rest days. When Joe takes a day off, you have James Harden running the team. James takes a day off, you still got Joe. Like there are, are ways to preserve them that maybe are not possible with, with just Ben. Like I, I just think you have to do it. it it's really not. I, a I just question worry for about.
0: I, I just worry about Maury spoiling Harden again, like he did in Houston, letting which him is be fine. Involved.
1: Spoil him. I, I don't care. Let really. him be involved in personnel decisions. Sure. It really it worked out pretty much in Houston. I I, I don't see the problem. They're letting Joel be involved in personnel decisions. That's what you do. You call your star and you get their opinion on things. That's how it works. That's how every star, that's how Giannis and the Bucks work. That's how LeBron works in LA. That's how Kawhi works in LA. That's just how you do it. That's how you run a team.
2: And then, and then as far as Maury's concerned and the success with Harden or the lack of success and people are always pointing to Harden. He never won anything. Look, I know injuries are part of a game, can't control that. And I guess you can see it as an excuse, but if if Chris Paul doesn't get injured in that series versus the Warriors, they probably win the championship that year. They were extremely close to winning, and should they have won it, yeah, probably. But
1: they still should have won at least don't.
2: one of those two last games.
1: Yeah, there yeah. there's no Warriors team right now. Like, James, the Rockets were the number one threat to the Golden State at their peak. Like, the reason James doesn't have a, a championship right now is probably because he just came along at the wrong time but like there's no one like that right now the lakers are really good the bucks are really good the clippers might be really good and so on but there's no one like that and james and joel together put you right at the top right in that conversation and give you a real chance which i don't think the sixers have a real chance right now and if james goes to miami or milwaukee or brooklyn that chance becomes even slimmer for the next two to eight years so it's like you, you got to do something at some point. You got to push the, the the chips to the middle of the table. Like they screwed up with Jimmy. There's really not a ton of flexibility at this point. Like James is that is your shot at an MVP candidate. You, you got to do it in my book.
0: I still don't agree, but I I understand what you guys are saying. But I think it's time for us to move on to our next section, Chris.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna talk about some statistical over and unders. Obviously, a 72-game regular season this year. A lot of uncertainty about how well that will go with COVID. But assuming everything goes to the plan and we make it 72 games and everyone's mostly healthy, we're going to start with Joel. Um, Lucas, over or under 25 points a game next year for Joel Embiid. I'm
0: going to say over. I think that last year was an aberration with him not being happy, not a good fit around Al Horford. I think it's uh, Doc Rivers is going to open up the offense. We've already seen it. I think we're going to see a lot more mid-range jumpers from Joel, which I I love the mid-range game. It's When I play, it's one of my best uh, shots, actually. And I think that it's one of Joel's shots that Brett Brown went away from after his first season. And I think Joel is actually a mid-range artist. And, you know, I think Doc Rivers is going to use it all like that, like he did with Kevin uh, Garnett. So, yeah, I think 25 points isn't over for
1: him. Yeah. So, it, it's tough. You know, I think James Harden is going to eat up a lot of those.
2: Oh, my gosh. But,
1: oh, let's let's just go with the team that's currently um, here, Chris. Yeah, yeah. If, if the I current love that. Team,
2: I love that, Chris. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: If the current Ugh. team sticks together and the Sixers accept, foresee mediocrity for the next five years. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, I'd I say over too I think he's going to score a lot more this year I think the offense is built better around him and I mean it, it's pretty clear that Doc's not going to shy away from featuring him in the half court offense uh, mm-hmm. he had 18 points in 17 minutes in the first preseason game that doesn't really matter, it's the preseason but like it seems like Joe's ready to go uh, mm-hmm. last season was just a rough year for everyone involved I think this year's going to be a lot better so yeah, I'll say over and uh, okay. the next one is Ben Simmons with, with nine assists over or under Lucas.
0: I'm going to say under. And you know why? Because even when they had guys like Marco Bellinelli, Arison Eliasova, Ben Simmons was still only averaging about eight assists a game. I don't think – I think eight is going to be his cap right now unless he really starts becoming more aggressive. But I just don't see that, Uh, you know, unless he becomes more aggressive, you know, nine assists is possible. But I think I think under is going to be a fair one for this one.
1: Yeah. So he's been like pretty much right around eight for the first three years of his career. I would assume that number stays pretty similar this year. Like, obviously, it's a different system. Doc's running him downhill more, getting him in space with these pick and rolls and making him make decisions so so maybe he does up his numbers a little bit but i i think just like the safe bet is no because nine is is a lot and that's a hard number to to break
0: actually i'm gonna change mine because you know you brought up the pick and roll and we have one of the best lob finishers in the nba now with dwight howard so actually i'm gonna change that i'm gonna say over
1: okay yeah, I
0: think so, I think Dwight's gonna I think Dwight brings that extra dimension that of lob threats that the Sixers haven't had during Ben's tenure. Well, outside of Rashawn Holmes who was still figuring himself out up to that point. So
2: And don't forget yeah. Seth Curry, Lucas. Seth Curry's gonna give some good shots, get some assists for, for Ben this year.
0: And that's that's true too, but I mean I still would put him on that same category of like, you know, Marco Bellinelli or Son good type guy, but no, I get what you're saying for sure. That, that that certainly would help. Um but yeah, I I think Dwight's lob presence is going to definitely bring up his assist a little bit more this year. I think 9 like 9.1 is probably what we we could possibly see this year. I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the dangerous bet on that one.
1: All right. Sounds good. Um, the next one is Tobias um, over or under 20 points a game.
0: Under. Uh, I just don't We've seen in the preseason, he's still not making quicker decisions. And until he does, I think 18-19 is going to be his cap, which is not bad. It's just, you know, not what he's worth. So, yeah, I think think under is fair on this one.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think the Sixers' offense in general will be better, but I I think that'll help him quite a bit. But I I just don't know if he's going to break 20. So I would say under two. And again, you know, with, with Joe and James eating up so many oh my opportunities, it's just going to be tough for him to Stop reach it. that kind of number. Stop uh, it. So, so Matisse over or under two steals a game? Uh, honestly, right now, he seems like the
0: fourth guy in that rotation. So I'm going to say under.
1: I I would, too. I don't think he's going to see a big increase in minutes per game. If anything, he might see a decrease. So Uh he might even be out of the rotation. Um, Uh I don't know if it's there yet. Doc said specifically not to read too far into how he set up his rotations uh, in in those preseason games because they brought Matisse along slowly after an ankle injury early in camp. Uh But, yeah, it's not looking too great for Matisse right now. I don't think he has the same trust from Doc that he had from Brett. So, I would say under as well. Yeah. And next on the list is Dwight Howard, Lucas, over or under two blocks a game?
0: I'm going to say under because even last season he only averaged 1.1, 1. 1, which was like the highest he had in the last couple of years. And, you know, I just – he's not going to play en- enough minutes to get two, uh, two blocks a game. It's that simple. Not consistently anyway. When he, I mean, when he plays for Joel, Sure. But I mean, I just—that's not going to yeah. happen too often. So I think I—he's th- probably capable of doing it. He just won't because he's not going to get enough hits.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be playing like 15 to 18 minutes a night, which just isn't a lot. Uh, like you said, he'll have nights where he blocks like two or three shots and goes on a bit of a bit of a run. But I—I think it's going to be pretty firmly under two. He hasn't averaged over two blocks a game since. 2013, so I wouldn't well, was, count on was, this season being uh, being the year that breaks that trend. And I think that, that
0: was his first year with the Rockets, right? Um,
1: yeah. No, that was his year in LA.
0: Oh, was that his year? Okay.
1: That was his last year. Uh, averaging okay. over two a Um, And then last on this list is Joel Embiid. Lucas over or under 26 games played out of 72. 26 or 62? 62.
0: Okay. Um, 26 over. But uh, I'm going to say under just because 62 is usually about what he plays during a full season. And I think I think Doc Rivers is one thing that he's known for is resting his players. Not even before Kawhi's last season over resting. You know, he definitely rested his stars in Boston. He's very quick to pull his starters at the end of games when it looks like they're not going to win. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I think we're probably going to see Joel Embiid probably play about fifty-five to fifty-three games this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he over-rested the Clippers. It was pretty clear Kawhi needed that rest. Um, but yeah, I think it's under. And there's just so much uncertainty with COVID too. Like we don't know if games are going to get canceled at certain points. We've got to get sick. There's just so much that goes into it that we can't. Really expect mm-hmm. the league to to have control over. So, I I, I think under is the way to go there. Mm-hmm. But enough about you know statistical
0: you know over unders. Now it's time for some season predictions, Chris. So, Chris, how many Sixers or Sixers play one or multiple Sixer players will make the All Defensive Team this year?
1: Yeah, I I mean I think the safest bet is Ben. Like I would i would put hypothetical money on that i'm not going to but if i were going to bet i would do that um so i think ben would be the, the safe bet there i don't joe obviously has a very solid chance i think the Sixers are going to be better on both ends probably this year they're just going to flow better i think they're just in a better spot altogether um so I think Joe's going to be more energized. He's going to have an easier time offensively, which is going to translate to better positions defensively, hopefully. Uh-huh. Uh so I'll 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 say one though, just because Rudy Gobert is pretty much a lock at center. You got AD, you got guys like Brook Lopez, Bam Adebayo. It it's much tougher for Joe I think versus Ben who can get voted in at like four positions and who doesn't have the same competition at his positions, so i'll I'll say one and i'll say it's been but i think joe has a pretty strong chance too
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little bit more dangerous than you i'm gonna say two. i think Joel welcome comes back with a vengeance this year i think he's going to take it personally plus doc rivers has always gotten the best out of his centers defensively you look at kendrick perkins you look at deandre jordan uh even i i zubak you know, he's going to get the best out of his starting centers defensively. And I think we're going to see that this year with Joel. So while you're right, the competition is a little bit st- stiffer for Joel. I think he's still going to, uh, you know, it might be the year that we finally see Joel and Beat and Ben Simmons getting first and second place for defensive player of the year. Though, uh, the, one, the one caveat that I would say to that is if Ben's going to win it, he has to up his blocks per game. The average points 0. 0, is—I mean, zero point six this past year. Not enough. It needs to be at least one block a game, yeah. just based on his versatility. But, um,
1: I mean, yeah. I think there's a very real chance that Ben is the only one who makes an all-defensive team, and that Joe is the most important defender on the team. Like, I think there's a—that's very possible. So,
0: and you could be right about that, but I still think, like, I think Doc Rivers is known for getting the best out of his defensive big men. And I think we'll see that again this season. And we have Dana yeah. Burke, who's a defensive genius. Is it Dana or Dan-, Dan Burke? It's Dan Burke. Dan Burke, sorry, my mistake, Dan. Um, but yeah, no, he's a defensive genius. He's been a long tenured assistant coach in in Indiana,
1: and I think yeah. we'll see a little the guy bit who more. coached Roy Hibbert, who is also, I think, still with the team, right? Y- yeah. Well, yeah,
0: actually, so I'm not go. sure about Roy. I don't know about Roy, but I know that uh, you know. He did invent the vertical defense for Roy Hibbert, which made him famous. That that stopped uh, LeBron. That gave LeBron a lot of problems in the early twenty teens with the Pacers. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah. I I mean, I think Joe is a pretty solid chance. I'm not saying it's it's unlikely, but I'll stick with one and be more reserved than you. Um, But yeah, fair enough. So,
0: so Chris. How many Sixers will make an all-NBA team this year?
1: Um, I'm going to say two, uh, Joe and Ben. I, I really don't think they have much of a chance at a third. You might disagree, but I, I, think, it's, I think Joe's going to have a renaissance of sorts and make one, which he arguably should have last season, and I, I think Ben's going to make it again.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that both of them are going to make it two. There's nobody in my mind right now who's deserving of a third one. I You know, I've already yeah. stated my case with uh, Joel when it comes to, you know, just all, you know, his his offense is going to get better. I've already said that in the previous uh, when we were talking mm-hmm. about his points per game. His defense, I think, is going to thrive under Doc Rivers because he's going to know his, you know, he knows what he needs to do under Doc Rivers and Burke. So, yeah, I think I think they both make it, you know. I think that's an easy one. Now, it'll be interesting what, all, all NBA team they make because Joel's going to have some tough competition there because it depends on whether or not they have AD as a center but let's just say for sake of argument they don't you still got Jokic you still have Bam Adebayo um, I'm trying to think of other centers I, could, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going to contend for it this year but can you think of anybody else
1: no, I mean I. I think Joel is pretty clearly a top three center when he's at his best, and assuming he plays enough games,
0: and mm, that's going to be. I, the I think he play, makes it.
1: Yeah. mhm Um. So yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, go ahead. No, I mean, like it, it's him, Jokic, and, and AD or or Cat, and Bam. Either you you want I mean, put that's... Bam up there? Yeah, and Bam. I think those are like the five guys. And I think Joel, it, it, and I guess numbers are going to be more appealing to most voters than Bams will be, even if he's not better than Bam. And yeah, so I, I would think it's Joel.
0: I think, yeah, because I think Bam and Cat are going to be the guys looking inside, you know, outside looking in. Yeah. Just because, like you said, the numbers for Bam and Cat, uh, until he actually does something on defense, we can't really take him seriously. As an all NBA performer, um, either that or the Timberwolves actually come to come and get a playoff spot. Which I'm not going to completely rule out with the play-in tournament this year. Yeah,
1: I mean I don't know. West don't, is going to be fun. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Speaking of you know East West and all those different types of divisions, where do you think the Sixers are going to rank in the Atlantic Division, Chris?
1: It depends on who's on the team. But oh my gosh! It does, let's, like seriously let's, speaking. Let's let's it just go really with the does.
0: current team. Let's
1: uh, yes, just go with, with the current team. team. Yes, um, like regular season. I assume is what yep. we're going here. Yes, where are yes, they going to finish? I will say they finish third. I think it's going I think it's going to be Brooklyn, Toronto, Philly, Boston, because Boston just is beat up right now, but. Mm. They could. I. It could go any way. I mean, all mm-hmm. those teams are probably probably going to win a lot of regular season games. That's just how the conference is built right now. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that they'll win more than the Knicks, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. Um. So for me, how I look at it is, I I take that downgrade. I mean, Aaron Baines is like a B plus defender or an A minus defender. In the paint, and you know, Marcus all and Sergi Ibaka, Ibaka were both A pluses, and your backup is Alex Lin. So, I yeah, just,
1: I, like I, Marcus all was not operating at the top of this game last year. I, I, yeah. I don't think Aaron Baines is much of a downgrade, if anything, but, but, he might be an upgrade. But, like, but I you think we're gonna admit that Alex Lin is a big drop off from, from Sergi Ibaka. yeah, but I also think the Raptors were a lot more than their two centers. I, okay, that's true, but
0: Cal Lowry's another year older. Yeah,
1: um, for sure. I mean, I, I don't and, think the Raptors are going to win any, any big playoff series without getting an upgrade somewhere.
0: So let me pull this up real quick. So I was thinking about this because I actually did, and we'll talk about the Eastern Conference as a whole in a second, but I uh, on Twitter I decided to do my own little kind of uh, East versus West when it comes to like pl- projected playoff standings. So give me one minute to pull pull that up here. But uh, I am pretty sure I had the Raptors near the bottom of the East making the East playoffs in terms just because I think there's I, – I, I do not underestimate Washington at all. I think Washington is going to be dangerous. Now, I don't think they're going to make – I don't think they're going to get past the second round. But come on, Russell Westbrook around shooters, which even – Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, what's... shooters, one shooter – Two shooters, I guess. No, it's Beal and Uh, Bichon. They're like Brian. Brian can stretch the floor. Yeah, I don't know. He had more shooting around Houston. (laughs) Troy
0: Brown's a solid three and D guy. So yeah, this is how I have in the regular season. Okay, Uh, this is before I realized. So I'm actually going to switch this up for a second. I'm going to have Nets number one, the Sixers number two, the Celtics number. just because, like you said, they're banged up, or else I would have them top if they weren't banged up. Um, And then I have the Raptors number four and then the Knicks number five. I just – I see the drop-off at center and Kyle Lavery's age just catching up to Toronto a little bit more. So I think – and I don't think Ananobi's going to make a huge jump offensively. So I just – And I think Siakam's hit his ceiling. I don't think he's going to get better.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think part of me, honestly, might just be, like, conservative out of habit because we've been overhyping the Sixers for, like, years now, and they just haven't quite delivered. So Mm -hmm. they're presumably better coached to some degree. They have better personnel this season, probably the best personnel they've started a year with. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... They should do really well, at least in the regular season. Like Ben and Joe are great regular season players. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible that Philly is like the two seed. I don't think that's out of the, the, the question. Um,
0: I but, had to miss the number three seed in the East, but yeah, that, that kind of gives us it's into a our big next...
1: bag of contenders like Indiana, Brooklyn, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami. That's like six, all six of those teams are going to be really good.
0: So so we're going to transition to the the Eastern Conference standings, and I'm going to tell you mine in a second, okay. one three. But I want to want to know where you have Philly ending in the in, in the East at the end of the season.
1: All right, I want you to go first. I'm going to write a list out on paper here. We'll okay, move.
0: okay. So on, on Twitter, this is what I had, and this is before I realized that Kemba Walker was not going to play. So before Tristan Thompson and Kemba Walker, I did, so this is this is. Before their injuries became a factor. So I'm gonna to have to reorganize this a little bit in my head as I go. So I still have Bucks number one. I got so this is where it changes from here. I'm gonna say Nets are gonna be number two, Sixers are gonna be number three, Heat's gonna be four, Celtics are gonna be five, Wizards are gonna be six, pacers seven, Raptors eight. With the Hawks being nine as a possible play in. So that's that's how I see the East right now. I think the Hawks and the Bulls are going to be that, like knocking on the door. I think the Magic are going to fall out fast. I just don't see them making. They didn't make any improvements, and they lost Jonathan Isaac for the year.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, all right. My list is all, all, all right. Milwaukee one, Brooklyn two, Toronto three, Philly four, Miami five, Boston six, Indy seven. And then Washington slash Atlanta at eight. Like I just came up with that in thirty seconds, so don't put too much stock into that. But I think that's a pretty good like gut feeling uh, for me. I, I Obviously, it's not
0: bad. I think we we both have very different views on Toronto right now. And yeah,
1: for sure. I think that's, like I think that's the biggest difference. Boston. Here. Boston is not very deep, and that is kind of concerning me. But like. Jason Tatum's really good, and Jalen Brown's really good. And there's very much a a timeline where they're like the two seed. So, like, like anyone here, like one through seven, could pretty much go into any spot. I think Milwaukee and Brooklyn are kind of locked into those top two if KD is healthy. Uh, Brooklyn may be less so. I think Milwaukee's going to be at the top. But those other six teams could pretty much go anywhere. And I wouldn't uh-huh. be surprised. I think Indy's going to, if Ole healthy, healthy, Indiana's going to be really solid themselves.
0: Yeah, if, if he and TJ Warren are healthy, that's not, that could be, like TJ Warren really impressed me in the bubble. And honestly, he, yeah. if he's healthy and plays like he did in the bubble, that's an all-star player right there, Chris.
1: Yeah, and, like, Miami was the five seed last year, and they made it to the finals. So, like, I don't yeah. think the regular season particularly matters. They're just going to be a bunch of good teams. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not quite as high on Washington as you are. Like, I, I think Westbrook is still a solid, good player. and like He's an all-star. Yeah, like, he, he's going to put up numbers, and the Wizards I are going to be better than they were last year. by a, a large
0: margin. I think we're going to see another triple-double season from Westbrook.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's possible uh like Washington was one of the best offenses in the NBA last season. So I'm not putting it past them to put up a bunch of points and just overwhelm teams on that end. But their defense is going to be pretty garbage again, you know. Well, they
0: gonna... got Westbrook who is a big upgrade over. Westbrook Isaiah is a Thomas.
1: terrible defender. It's he's not he's, he is he better a good Is he better defender. is he better than Isaiah Thomas? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas was okay, not okay, like the mainstay in the rotation saying. last
0: year. Okay, that, that's that's, that's not my a point.
1: fair assessment.
0: Well, he started the season for them, for actually a good portion of the games for them. So there's yeah. that. And like, then, so the, the other the other thing is they also signed Robin Lopez.
1: Yeah, Lopez so, will play like 15 minutes a game off the bench, and Washbrook will yell a lot and really lock down on a few iso possessions when he gets mad. And then just, like I, like I said, I, I think they're going to be better than you
0: think. I see them as a six seed. So I think they're awesome. going to
1: score a lot of points, and they're going to be really fun to watch. But, like, mm. Washbrook's... If we're talking about 30-year-old guards who are getting to the end of their prime who we need to be worried about, like, Washbrook is one of them.
0: Okay, well, fair enough. But last, last before we move on, I, I, I'm curious. Who are your top eight in the West? Just off the top of your head. Oh, God. Um... I'll tell you mine first.
1: Okay, please do.
0: <laughs> okay, I have Lakers one, Mavericks two, Clippers three, Nuggets four, Blazers five, Jazz six, Suns seventh, Warriors eight, with the Timberwolves being the ninth spot.
1: Talk about it for a second while I make a list.
0: <laughs> so uh, LeBron is still going to end up being the number one seed. I think Luca, once Porzingis is back and healthy, Him, those two are going to be the biggest threat to the to the. Lakers in the West. I just see it. They're going to be unstoppable. I think Luca and Porzingis can win a championship or two during their primes, and I think they're going to be dangerous this year. Uh, They still need that third star, but even without it, I think they're going to be really going to give the Lakers a lot of fits. Clippers, they didn't – I don't know. I just don't feel like they did enough this offseason. They needed to get a guy like John Rondo, and they couldn't. So, I mean, they just kind of stayed pat more or less for me. Um, the Nuggets. I think the regular season we're going to see regular season Jamal Murray, but then in the playoffs they're going to be dangerous. But I just I don't know. I think fourth seed is a pretty fair spot for them. I think the Blazers are going to make a comeback. Damian Lillard still in his prime. Carmelo's there. They got Robert Covington. I think the fifth seat uh, Nurkic is healthy again. So Zach Collins. So I think the fifth seed is perfect for them. Jazz. They locked up the Mitchell and Rudy Gobert this off season. They still got Mike Conley. They got healthy uh, Joe Ingles and uh, Joe Ingles, mm-hmm. not, not. And uh, who is it? Is it Bogdan Biden?
1: Boyan, Bogdanovich.
0: Yeah. There we go. There's so many different guys with that like double European B name. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then the Suns CP3 is going to get the Suns playoffs at the seventh spot. The
1: Suns. The
0: Warriors. They're still going to be a playoff team with Steph they got some nice guys around him, but
1: they're not going to make any noise without Clay. Uh, yeah. Man, the West is tough. I'm struggling. Yeah. I, I have a list, but I don't feel good about it. I will say the one team... Okay, let me have hear it. ...I no clue on is, is Golden State. Like, if mm-hmm. Steph is healthy... They could tank again playing, this year. If Steph is healthy and he plays 72 games and he's at, like, MVP Steph levels, then they're going to be at the top four seeds. But, like... Draymond mm. was not Draymond last season. They don't have Clay. Andrew Wiggins is not very good. Kelly Uber is not Kelly much Ubert? of a needle mover. You know, like if Steph mm. isn't healthy, that team's going to be really bad. So, like, Fair enough. if Steph gets hurt, they're out of the playoffs, frankly. So, it, that's it's why I have them at me. the A spot. Yeah. I, it's like it's tough because I'll, I I'll him say to play LA, like
0: 60 games.
1: Yeah. it. I don't know. It, I'll I'll just say Lakers one Nuggets two Clippers three Mavericks four, Jazz five, Blazers seven, and
0: Blazers seven, you missed six
1: six Blazers six Pardon me, no Phoenix six Blazers seven, and Pelicans eight. But I I don't know about Golden State man I the Golden State could be like one if Steph is Steph so it it's. It's really all over the place. I have no clue. Fair enough. All, all right. But we got I think track we're underrating play. the Pelicans here. I, like, I mean, Zion's, I just don't like the fit of Stephen to Adams. They're gonna kick I butt. just don't like
0: the fit of Stephen Adams next to Zion. I just don't think yeah. that's a good basketball
1: fit. I, honestly, with Zion, I, it might not even matter. He's just that it kind might. of player. And Brandon Ingram. You
0: still got Brandon Ingram, Ingram and Lonzo Ball, too. Don't forget about JJ.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, Eric Bledsoe's better than people give him credit for. Like, he's not Drew, but he's. he's I mean, he's really good for Milwaukee. He's yeah, he's a starting good there too.
0: yeah, he's a starting point guard. Yeah,
1: he's like an above average starting point guard. Like, he's pretty yeah, good. He just can't shoot from deep. Yeah. I mean, he can. It's not like he's like. He's 34%. Low 30s. Yeah, he's not yeah. like he can't shoot. He's not Ben. Okay, so the last last one here, and I had
0: the Pelicans as tenth seed. By the way, I just I'm really high on the, okay. on, the on the Timberwolves. I think that duo is going to be fun, and I think Jared Colvert or Anthony Edwards is going to be really impressive this year, or Malik Beasley. I think they're just going to have a lot of offense. Just at the defense I'm worried about. But um, yeah, last question here, Chris. How far do you think the Sixers make it in the playoffs with Ben Simmons? Before you even say it,
1: <laughs> gosh. Um, with Ben Simmons, the second round, dang. I mean,
0: okay, well, tell me what round. you think with James Harden because I let's, know you let's want use to use my
1: list here. My list has them facing Miami in the first round of the playoffs. How do we think that goes? Like, if we're honest, honest to- if we're being honest here, they're probably out in round uh, one if that's how it goes.
0: Like, I mean, it just depends on how angry Jimmy Butler is,
1: yeah. I mean. Like Doc's recent postseason track record is not great. Sixers they don't have a ton of like half court shot creators outside of Joe. And unless they make Tyrus some Mackie. pretty big moves. Yeah, unless Maxi is like Jesus Brookily. himself. Yeah. I really don't think it's <laughs> they're they're in a tough spot. What? Did you just say Jesus himself? Yeah, maybe we might need to cut that out. We might Yeah, we, we some probably people
0: should. Yeah, probably um okay so you think
1: so are you saying first yeah or second round first or second round i'll 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 be kind to all the listeners and say second round but i don't feel good about it you don't feel good about it
0: i don't feel good about it either and i'm gonna say second round as well unless they get a legitimate shot creator
1: if they get james harden it's what different. about kyle lowry if they get Kyle Lowry, if they can swap Kyle Lowry for Tobias Harris.
2: Why do we keep coming back to Kyle which Lowry? Which they can
1: <laughs> They absolutely cannot. It will not happen. It is an impossibility. Then they might go further. What, what about but Victor Oladipo? If they get Oladipo, I don't know. First or second round. Dang. It really depends on, like, Brooklyn. Like, they're going to have to go yeah. through Milwaukee possibly or Brooklyn if Brooklyn if Katie is healthy Brooklyn's gonna be ridiculously like yeah, it doesn't matter deep if and Kyrie's talented. Healthy. it
0: honestly doesn't even matter to me if Kyrie's healthier. Yeah.
1: so if honestly if, I think
0: Spencer Dinwiddie's not a large drop-off
1: yeah if Brooklyn is who they can be then it's like first or second round if Brooklyn yeah. isn't who they can be or they get hurt and banged up then there is a, a slight path there where they can maybe get to the Conference Finals,
0: but well, uh, you know what? I'd rather take on Milwaukee than than
1: Brooklyn, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but... if kd's KD, I think that's fair. It's like yeah, Milwaukee cause, and cause Brooklyn. We know
0: like... we can slow down Giannis. We yeah. know we can slow down Giannis with Ben but... and Joel. Yeah, Middleton's think... not a playoff consistent playoff difference mm-hmm. maker. Drew Holiday's not going to win him a series. He can win him yeah. a game or two, but not a series. So I'd rather yeah. take Milwaukee
1: easily. Yeah. So that narrows it down to the first round of the conference finals. we are doing great. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Pretty much.
1: That's how, like, both conferences are this year. There's just a lot of good teams. Yeah. So,
2: Uriah, it is your time to shine, my man. So in this week, for our question of the week on social media, we asked all of the followers on the Six or Sense podcast, on the website, on Twitter, and Facebook, who are your top three bench players? And on Facebook, there were so many different um, responses. I can't even go on Facebook, but I'll just go with Twitter. And there's a Six or Cents supporter on Twitter, and he gave a lineup. So at Benice Liete, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Um, he has a some type of image of Ben Simmons with smoke coming out of his nostrils, but anyway, that's his profile pic. He said uh, Shake, Maxi, and Dwight. And it seems like everybody's high on on, um, Tyrese Maxey. But let's put it on you guys. Uh, Instead of three, why don't we balance it out and go with our top four bench players? Lucas, why don't you start out with that?
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to say Shake's number one. He's the sixth man. Dwight's your seventh man. Your eighth man will probably be Moss, just because based off of what we've seen in the preseason, plus Doc has given Moss, you know, like, a lot a decent amount of praise and guarantee that he's going to be in the rotation so then my fourth guy is going to have to be maxi i know a lot of people like uh, matisse but maxi just gives a certain skill set that the other guys don't even better he's a better shot creator than shake is in my opinion just because he's quicker at it now he's not as versatile as shake in terms of shot selection but he can he can create a shot and he's a true i think he's a true point guard of the future to be honest with you ben's still the primary playmaker but he's the point guard does that make sense guys so like that's that's how i see it
1: yeah this is tough because again like an example of people maybe putting too much stock into two preseason games is all the maxi hype and then matisse like who was definitely on these lists at the end of last season, being absent. Like, just a slight spoiler for our ranking the Sixers project, which is going to be coming out in a couple of days. We had six riders, I believe, contribute their lists and average them together to rank everyone on the roster, and Matisse was six. And I feel like a lot of people have already changed their minds on him after two preseason games, after he was hurt in training camp, which is maybe a bit... Premature. Uh, I've never been quite as high on Matisse as others, but I do think that's worth noting that people might be jumping the gun a little bit based on preseason games with both Maxi and Matisse. Uh, that said, my I mean, Shake would be number one. I think Furcon and Matisse would battle it out for my number two and three, like 2A, 2B type thing for me. And then it would be Dwight at number four. Matisse could make that look silly and not be part of the rotation, or he could take a big leap forward and be the defensive menace that certain people think he could be. I know one of our writers, I won't name names had a number three on their list, which was oh wow, a reach hmm. in my book, but <clears throat> wow, that was not my list. Yeah. But I know some people are very high on Matisse and he just has to figure it out offensively. Like he's, a zero on that end of the floor, and it's tough to be a zero offensively in, in the modern NBA, especially when, when you're building around Joe and Ben. You might be able to get away with it more with certain other second stars, but if it's Joe and Ben, it, it's tough to have Matisse's skill set and, and be successful, especially in the playoffs.
0: You know we'll who see. he kind He's of reminds young. me of a little bit? Andre Roberson before the injuries. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair comparison?
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, Roberson, like, too, was a really solid contributor. But I think the, the league just kind of aged out on him. I, I don't think he would be as good now as he was, like, five years ago if he came well, to the league I think, now. I think, I think it's just a different game.
0: Frankly. Yeah, I think they play him at the four now just because of his inability to shoot. Plus, he's a little bit taller than Matisse, too. But
1: Yeah, but, like, yeah. Matisse, he, he's got to learn to dribble and, like, hit shots consistently. Or it's going to be a struggle, especially in mm-hmm. Philly. Like the I mean, defense is wonderful and there's a lot of potential there, but he, he's got to pick it up offensively.
2: I think, I think speaking of Matisse, I think if I think it's a mistake if they don't give him more minutes or at least the same minutes he got last year. And here's why you don't want a player like Matisse who was, did demonstrate he did was able to hit some open shots last year before he got hurt. He was doing pretty well from the three point line. But if you don't give him minutes, and let's say you give Furkan more minutes, you are basically setting the playoffs up for a drastic failure because we saw what Furkan Mm -hmm. did against Boston. He was a non-factor. And with Matisse, if you give him the minutes, you give him a chance to get his shot, his rhythm, but you also give him more opportunities to learn how to be more patient on defense, know when to take risks in passing lanes or in block situations and you're going to need him against these for a wing defender against all these great small forwards and shooting guards uh in in the east so i, I definitely put matisse in my top 4 of course you have howard and and shake i love shake's game Maxi, i think it all depends on one thing cuz he hasn't taken any sh- jump shots i didn't see him shoot any jump shots in the in the uh preseason so if he he's took like one do two. yeah he took one or two i mean he, he can, did. i think he can oh, hit them he, he, he has he a shot good mid-range shot.
1: 30s from deep at Kentucky, I think, but... He was 29, actually. Okay, yeah, so, like, I think the mechanics and the touch is there. I think he's a better shooter than that number would suggest. Uh I don't know if he's going to be a great shooter, but I I think he can hit them. But
2: Lucas is right. He does have a skill set that nobody in the Sixers has right now, and that's to penetrate, and he's very good, and Chris, you put it really well in your last article about how he can contort his body unlike... A lot of players, and but slow, slow down, people on social media saying, "Oh, he reminds you of Allen Iverson." No, no, no. no. no, no, <laughs> yeah. no now, I saw that a like time. few times. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on now.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. you know what? You guys bring up your eye. You brought a really good point. So, what my top four guys would be if I was Doc Rivers now. What I said earlier is what I think Doc Rivers will do, but if if we're talking about what I think Doc Rivers should do, it should be Shake Dwight. Matisse and Maxi, I
1: think that's your. Yeah. your bench. I I I disagree. I, I you think can't Park play Porcon
0: in the playoffs. I you can't. So you got to get if, Matisse comp- comfortable taking three pointers.
1: Yeah, a like the Sixers' bench isn't very good right now, and that's something they'll probably need to address. I left Tyrese off my list, but I think there's a good chance that Maxi is on that list pretty early in the year if he keeps doing what he's doing, like. I like him quite a bit. I'm higher on him as a prospect than I am on Matisse, but just like on seniority and, and like I, I, I'm putting Matisse there. But I think Maxi could rise up pretty quickly, and as we've all said, his skill set is more important than someone like Matisse's is. And with regards to like playoff defense and Furkan being unplayable and Matisse being more important, a Matisse was a real big problem offensively in the playoffs in B I think if Ben is healthy and you have someone like Dwight on the back end when Joe sits I think if those two are both on the floor you can cover a lot more defensively than they maybe could against Boston with Ben out uh I, I think they just had some tough some a tough time there Matisse was asked to play a bigger role than he really should have been playing um and B I think Mike if talking about guys earlier. We talked about guys who stood out in the preseason games. Like Furkan looks stronger and more coordinated and he's playing better defense at least in these two preseason games than he was last year. And he like Furkan looks pretty good out there. Like he looks more fit, I guess. I don't know. Like Furkan looks pretty good and he has a skill set offensively that really helps this team. So I I maybe I'm just Buying higher on Firk than I should, but I think he's got to be in the rotation.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with your eye on this one. I'm sorry. I, I, I hold true to my last statement, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. If we are picking
1: five guys who needed to be in the second unit, like Mike's Scott's the odd guy out of like the six who, who Doc might be choosing between. Like Mike looked really good in those preseason games, and he might be back to what he was a couple of seasons ago, but even so, just like. I think Matisse and Tyrese are, you, you got to get those guests some minutes and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, guys, for tuning into this week's episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. If you are listening on iTunes, Google Play, wherever, please leave us a review and a rating. We would really, really appreciate it. And as always, very tough times in the world right now. We really do appreciate you giving us the time of week to talk basketball, to talk Sixers, to talk Ben Simmons versus James Harden. It really does mean the world to us. And we should have some exciting guests, some more exciting topics in the near future. Basketball starts up on Wednesday. So we'll have some real games to talk about next episode. And we're really looking forward to that. So keep on tuning in and we'll talk to you all next week.